0: Hi, I'm Colin, they, them, and welcome to the LGBT History Month podcast on URY, Conversational. Over the next four episodes, I'll be talking to members from the LGBT plus community about their experiences, the world, and their ideals. We'll discover what it means to be queer in today's world and why it's a rapidly changing societal landscape. Episodes will come out every Friday for February, that's LGBT History Month 2020, here on URY. This week we're talking to Sarah and Annie. Sarah is one of the hosts of URY's show Sex Dented in our speech
1: hours. Hello, my name's Sarah and I will be using she, her pronouns.
0: And Annie is a new member to URY and one of Sarah's friends.
1: Hi, I'm Annie and I will be using
2: she, her pronouns. Hi, how are you? Very ah, well,
0: thanks. How are oh, you? Good? Oh, I'm, I'm very well, well. I was just sort of having a day, putting <laughs> things together. That's how, that's how it tends to be. The term LGBT plus can mean many different things to many different people. Because of that, I wanted to ask Sarah and Annie exactly what they thought it meant. Oh, I think it's quite quite a range of
2: things, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, one of the biggest things that I think of when I think of LGBT plus is spectrum. Yeah. So... You know, you might say that, oh, well, I'm bi, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily like men and women 50-50. It could be 70-30, 99-1%, you know. Um, And the same when it comes to saying things like, oh, well, I'm asexual. That's a spectrum. It doesn't mean that you're completely opposed to sex or completely Mm. for it. I'd agree with that. (laughs) It's quite difficult because it's it's trying
2: to sort of categorise, like, fairly and represent things in a very sort of fluid spectrum. So it's quite difficult, I would say, to pinpoint all the different sort of... It's a very nuanced topic.
0: I asked them both about representation of LGBT people in the media, and considering there's been quite a lot of controversy around of it, uh, I was keen to get their opinions.
1: When I think of people who I see in the media who identify as queer, the, the main ones that I think of instinctively are some of the presenters on Queer Eye. Mm. So that's... You've got five guys, um, some of which some of whom aren't white, but the majority of icons that I think of, again, like Tom Allen, a comedian, although he's gay, he's, again, white, and he's cis. And I feel like that's often how we're shown a lot of LGBT icons. Um, I don't feel like it's very diverse ethnically. Um, and even uh, people who are trans, I feel like they're more famous if they pass, if forgive the phrase, on... Um, if they fit a certain aesthetic it's, it's, mm. yeah um so someone like Caitlyn jenner um who's come up quite a lot that she got a lot of hate for looking still uh, with a more masculine frame whereas if she were to be more petite i feel like that's more forgivable mm.
0: talking about trans identities is something that a lot of people aren't necessarily very good or comfortable at and it's probably one of the uh, most complicated topics uh, in the current LGBT plus zeitgeist I wanted to know what the girls thought about how well representation is handled in shows like Queer Eye
1: I think Queer Eye is a fabulous show it's fun it's uh, inventive it's uh, I keep using the word relatable but um, But it starts
2: a conversation as well I think a lot of it coming from like even sort of very recent very very recent times it's not really been a topic that is like openly discussed and I think it's really important to to talk about it and be honest about it and the same when it comes to um, all aspects of sexuality really because it is such a important thing especially like when you're coming into sort of early 20s and whatever stage in your life but when you're questioning those sorts of things and I think the worst thing you could do really is try and be very hush hush and it's this way or it's Oh, it's no way, and it's not talked about. So I think something like Queer Eye, where it shines such a light on it, and it starts to conversation,
1: mm-hmm. is fabulous. And it's an unapologetic, sort of yeah. unedited version mm. of these characters or personalities yeah. and it's so wonderful how they've got their own individual platforms as well that spun off from that mm. um, and like the work that John Van Ness did and saying that oh actually I'm HIV positive and normalising that that's fantastic
0: Sarah's done work with sex education charities and children I wanted to know more about her work there
1: I've taught sex ed for about two years Uh, I worked with the charity Sexpression down in Leicester.
0: Sexpressions is a nationwide charity aimed at teaching uh, young people about sex, LGBT identities, healthy relationships, contraception and more. Uh, You can volunteer to help. In fact, they even have a York branch and you could join through the USU website.
1: Uh, So I taught kids. Uh, from 11 to 18 and then I also ran a workshop which I called Sex Standard, which I've now got a radio show named after um, and that was for university students and that was more of like a discussion based but still um, educating the general public about all things sexy.
0: Given the stereotype that LGBT plus education in schools is very much lacking, I wanted to know how Sarah actually found it talking about these issues uh, and specifically with kids.
1: You kind of become really normalized to a lot of the language and equipment that you use so I had a blue bright blue smurf penis demonstrator that you put condoms on and I got so normalized to it and that was my bracelet holder for a (laughs) good year but it's really good the questions that you get from the kids are fantastic Um, we had a lot of questions on like how do you know your sexuality how do you know if you're gay is it okay to be gay what about if i've if i'm religious but it says in the bible i'm not allowed to be gay we had a lot of that um I, but in the classes as well especially through the um older years we had a lot of diversity um with people starting to express their sexualities more um and that i think was really good for the kids on sort of putting a face to names and thinking in a more human way mm. did you have sex ed- taught at your school because you went to we went schools. to a catholic school and
2: as with all answers god did it uh, <laughs> very yeah i have a uh, yeah a lot
0: of, i have a couple friends who have the similar experience and yeah. it's very much uh, a hush-hush so what about their experiences with sex education i want to know more about what they had There's an argument that it doesn't even cater for straight people, let alone the LGBT plus community.
1: Uh, Absolutely not. Um, What was it like? So we played STI bingo and we were all in the assembly and you had to shout out once you'd got chlamydia and stuff. So that was a bit of a weird experience. And people been like, oh, well, I've got herpes. That was very peculiar. Um, (laughs) I didn't know about any anatomical words or anything to do with sex until a sex ed put was put under my pillow by my friend's parents oh. and it didn't have a phonic section so i was calling it like a wajima or something which was vagina um <laughs> which was pretty atrocious. also that <gasps> vagina because it's a vulva everyone knows this um <laughs> but yeah it totally wasn't adequate um lots of hours spent googling mm. very basic things mm. um which definitely inspired me to then teach it mm. Because we only ever covered it in biology,
2: and it was very much yeah. the by bio- yeah that it was very much the biological aspect of it. And I remember it was the first week of year seven, and then it was out, and then it was done with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they put on some atrocious video. <laughs> of, oh, there was always there, there was, was always, always a video. A video. <laughs> always a, you can stand outside awful. if you want, and then that was it. And then it wasn't talked about the sort of social and emotional and all that sort of because it's not just biological, and none of that was ever ever discussed, and it wasn't necessarily taboo. Like it wasn't something that you were told you couldn't talk about, but it was just kind of like you never ask a teacher about that, or mm. you never you there would be no mm. one to sort of. But also, go like, and ask. you
1: talk about like oh, you talk t- told about it in biology, mm. but by that you presumably mean like a heterosexual couple. Yeah, essentially. I've- that's again like, not talking about like the romantic mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It?
0: Yeah. So I was wondering how they viewed the sex education heteronormative perspective and uh, what impact that's had on the world's perception and into uh, you know and inclusion of LGBT plus relationships.
1: I think just doing it in a heteronormative way makes people think that the definition of sex is penis in vagina. Yeah.
2: And then anything else would appear abnormal because that's not the the yeah. thing that is taught. Which but is also ridiculous. that
1: somehow sex will revolve around. Penetration and a man, um, and that we don't think of well, does sex mean that a woman would orgasm? Uh, Can sex be non penetrative? Can sex just be all sex? You know, all these different variations, and then. The phrase that kept popping out was, oh, well, that's not real sex, though, is it? So I think that's very damaging for all people uh, on the LGBT spectrum, but also people who identify as straight, that it it shouldn't be penis and vagina is sex. And that's the end of. And also that isn't sex, sex, it's for pleasure. It's not just about reproducing. Most Mm. people don't do it to reproduce.
0: Pivoting slightly away from sexuality, I wanted to know whether they had uh, heard about uh, transgender identities and gender identity in general in their time in school.
2: I don't remember. I mean, obviously, like, you would talk about it sort of socially, like with your friends, or, like, if one of your friends was transitioning or something. But it was not on, a, like, the curriculum. It was not ever discussed, even in sort of, like, like the more sort of social subjects that we did, like, not science one. But it was never... I can't remember it ever being discussed. But then again, it was, like... In my case, in a Catholic school, like, I think even now, um, probably still wouldn't be discussed, which is a bit of a... I'm not saying that for all Catholic schools, but definitely the ones I went to. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: In my college, it was discussed all the time, and there was even an LGBT sock, but that's because I was in Brighton. (laughs) (laughs) That would do it. (laughs) But in my secondary school, it was very naive, and something like... Uh, being called trans was used as an insult and I did a lot of sport. So I can remember people calling me trans as an insult. Really? Yeah. And that was a really big thing. It was really horribly ignorant. Yeah.
0: I asked them if there was anything else they wanted to add before we wrapped up.
1: The plus in LGBT plus. Yes. E.g. being intersex. I feel like that doesn't get much of a limelight. Mm -hmm. Uh, And how that's really important that Three things make up your sex: so your genetics, your gonads, your genitalia. But they won't all equal your sex necessarily. So sex can't be a binary thing. I think that's really important to stress from not uh, like from a biological perspective, it isn't a binary. Uh, con- uh, it's it's a bi- it's not a binary construct. Uh, and then with your gender, your gender is really fluid. It is a spectrum. You won't always identify 100% either way, and that's so fine. That's so normal. Um, Yeah, those were the... But they were really big things I'm trying to teach on the difference between gender and sex.
0: Do you think that, like, the sexual education that you've done, (laughs) do you think that's the place to talk about gender identity?
1: A place but i don't feel like it should be restricted to the classroom i think you can do it on the dinner table we do all the we time do. we talk about everything and everything i've, been very, I've been very educated <laughs> i think our flat's very educated i oh, don't everything about it now <laughs> well actually you should ask them about the vulva because they know all about the vulva and how that's different to the vagina now so you're welcome kids <laughs> well, I'm, glad, I'm
0: glad that we, we've cleared that one out of the way you're
1: the nine grand alone. <laughs> <It's important. laughs>
0: thank you guys for coming it's been lovely chatting to you oh, thank oh, you for thank having you. us
1: we both went very high oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's what you do when someone thanks you you go, oh! that was Sarah and Annie Sarah Veal from URY Extended. you can catch Sex Extended for all the latest chat, chat, gossip and taboo talk on URY Wednesdays at 5 thank you so much to both of my guests who appeared in this week's episode we'll be coming out with a new episode later in the week so stay tuned to the URY podcast feed for more on that for more of me, you can follow me at Colin Royt on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I've been Colin Royt, and as always, thanks for listening.